Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin with the good news, and the good news team is here. We've got Donna Hetzler, Michelle Ron, and producer Dave, and we have a couple of cool good news stories. I was thinking we could start with the story, a story about the, uh, the Major League Baseball pitcher, and what he does. I love it when people in positions of power use their powers for good rather than just being out with their, you know, friends partying and drinking and meeting ladies that they then, you know, actually do things that make a difference like the Tim Tebow's of the world. Right, and there's actually a lot more of them than you think because they, so. they don't get as much they don't get as much coverage as yeah, people who club, do bad things. Clubbing all the time, right? People <laughs> who get DUIs, you hear about it right away. But sure. somebody who does something like this, um, so this is Matthew Boyd. <clears throat> he's the he's a starting pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. He's pretty good. Um, as far as being a baseball player, he is really good. But I mean, as a man, if you just hear in his voice what he talks about when he's uh, when he's doing this. So what he does is he started a ministry in Africa where he saves homeless kids from the streets that are likely to get swooped up into all sorts of uh, trafficking and stuff like that. And that it's unbelievable to me around the world how many kids are vulnerable to trafficking. <clears throat> we did some work with an orphanage uh a Russian orphanage. Remember that? We were doing interviews, Dave, and they said once these kids are kicked out of, like, the foster care system, they're, like, given a bus ticket somewhere, but they have nowhere to go. And literally, people will wait at the bus station for one of these kids, offer them a ride somewhere, and then they're in, they're sex trafficked. Right. So the minute they're released from their horrible circumstances of not having a family, they have nowhere to go, then they're so vulnerable to being sex trafficked. It was mind-blowing to me that this the people that were running the orphanage to rescue these kids from this it was christian orphanage of course right well and it takes so little i mean this guy he he can do it and it's i mean you can really hear it in his voice he and his wife run these run this together but you need to hear their story on the mound detroit tigers pitcher matthew boyd is as focused as they come but it's away from the ballpark where he and wife ashley focus much love and compassion i'll do whatever it takes to help any child that i can when they heard of the plight of young girls in Uganda facing the scourge of sex trafficking, they set up this remarkable refuge called Kingdom Home, half a world away in Africa. Just seeing them playing, singing, dancing, going to school, doing homework, you know, living as every child should live in safety, and it's pretty cool. Many of the 58 in their care were abandoned as infants, left to fend for themselves vulnerable. Does it break your heart to hear those kinds of stories? It does. It does. But the focus is on the future. Focus on what is what lies ahead. They're living with joy as every child should. Joy that sometimes includes playing America's favorite pastime. Meanwhile, the Boyd family continues to grow stateside too, expecting their second child this summer. We have lots of children that we love. Yes. Every single one of them. Yes, we love them all. These smiles, this happiness, 
better than a no-hitter in any book. Kevin Tibbles, NBC News, Detroit. You know, our friend uh, Joy, with Joy International, you've interviewed him. He doesn't wear the shoes, you know, and he uh, uh, wants to bring attention to kids in countries where they are sex trafficked. And one of the giveaways that a lot of these kids don't have um, families to take care of them or enough money to survive is that they're not wearing shoes. And uh, so this sex trafficking has become big business around the world and also here right in the United States. That's are, are you talking about the fellow from Evergreen? Yeah. Who's here? I went yes. to his walk. Right. Oh, I can't say his do. name. Yeah, I can't Joy say... International. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. yes. But yes, he, and he hasn't worn shoes in a long for many, time. many, many years. Right. And is taking one child at a time. And he uh, rescues kids. Right. Um, they they mm -hmm. fund the rescues. And he, um, boy, they, they did this one bust where the sister was selling her little sister to the sex traffickers and she was with her boyfriend or fiance or husband or something and they were at like a mcdonald's it was just unbelievable oh, like what people will do uh, and we know we, of course we judge them how could she sell her sister but sometimes they do it like to survive right but they sell right. a family member it's dr just, brodsky yeah thank yeah. you oh, that's right that's it yeah that's it enjoy yeah. international is the, yeah, oh and he um his you know he lives in a cold area with no shoes I exactly think his wife was really, yeah he told the story he said he, so it was they were kids, and they were in a dump in India, right. and they didn't have shoes. And he said, you know what? Until they can get shoes, I'm not going to wear yeah. shoes. And he said his wife was hoping that he'd you know, put them on after a year, and they went to two years and kept going. But he said he's gotten so much attention by not wearing shoes and handing out a card. And when he goes mm -hmm. into restaurants, he also has a little card that he hands out to explain that he's allowed to do that and that what he does. And the Barefoot Mile, I think that's mm -hmm. one of the walks that he does. And his uh, book is excellent. Is it, oh, you, I, I oh. can't say the name of the book either, but it is by him. And it's about his journey and what he has accomplished basically and and asking us to care which is very easy to do in that respect joy.org if you want Thank to you. check him out joy.org all right so um we talked uh this week about donna's uh blog about love not hurting and michelle you speak a lot and we don't get you the full year because you're in, in the winter. I know, we winter. miss you so when you're gone. Too. In the winter, oh. she's in uh, Florida. Right. And she, Miss Senior America 2004, she was a teacher for many years. And she speaks at a lot of different events now, <clears throat> encouraging people. So what has your big message been? It used to be labels, and I'm sure it still is. Labels can... still is because... Obviously, I use as a beauty um, my my gown and the crown as a label, and I love from Pretty Woman when that my favorite scene is when she goes back into that clothing store and says, "You didn't serve me before when I looked like yuck." That's right. But now, big mistake. Yeah, and we all do that. We all label. Um, you all are too young to remember the store Jocelyn's, but I used to be a, a secret shopper. A secret shopper. Uh huh for Jocelyn's and they would give me $500 and I had to uh, do shop in many different in two different ways one I would go and in a sweatshirt and jeans or shorts and purchase I would purchase from many different departments expensive down to the not so expensive and then the next day I would return them looking the same and then the following time would be dressed to the hilt and do the same. It is extremely interesting that I people bet. do react how you look.
They do. So how how were you treated differently when you were wearing sweats compared to dress to the hilt? Much more casual. Much more casual. Didn't come right to me, which is fine. I've I've worked retail for a long time. You take the person that is next in line. But many people, when you're dressed to the hilt, the expectation is you serve them right then. You mm. right then, and it's just interesting. And so with a beauty queen. Um, thingamajig the the queenie thing gives people this illusion that you're so put together well no thankfully i live in a time of good makeup and spanks i'm not put together <laughs> other than put that way it's just perceptions of people and we do that you bet we absolutely. do absolutely you know for for jesus to enter the back of our churches where would we seat him hmm. would we seat him up to the front would we seat him in the back would we let him in? Exactly. Yeah, good Would point. we talk to him? Right. right. Mm -hmm. If we saw him in mm -hmm. sweats or shorts. One of our um, good news friends uh, was at a speaking event, and she mentioned something about, um, you know, when they had their breakout groups and they had to sit down and talk with people, and she said she really enjoyed bonding with this one woman that she never would have bonded with in, like, the real world or out, you know, in the work world. Uh, because she was covered in tattoos and mm. really rough looking, you know, kind of like a gal that maybe you'd, uh, you know, meet at the rough end of town in a trailer park that was, you know, lots of dogs running around and, you know, divorced parents and, you mm -hmm. know, just kind of a, a rough, you know, kind of place. Uh, she just looked rough around the edges and she said she was so moved to not judge a book by its cover because she really bonded with this woman mm. and really saw her heart. And as Christians, that's what we're supposed to do. And I think about my friend Charles. He was on the show m many ages ago. If we can find his testimony, we'll share it again. And he ended up going to prison for, I think it was 12 years, but he's like part of our family now. And he's a pastor at Cherry Hills, and he ministers to really broken people that who've been through addiction and, uh, you know, prison time and uh, broken homes. And uh, so my husband and I were <laughs> talking with him. He was at our house again, helping us with some project. And my husband said, what did you go to prison for again? He goes, oh, attempted murder for hire. And I tried to, my sister wanted me to hire someone to have my her um, husband killed. And um, my husband almost fell off his um, bar stool. <laughs> Because, you know, he comes in our house, he plays with our kids. Our kids think he, they call him their cousin. Mm. And I said, now you have to hear the whole story of his drug addiction and what led to this, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, his sister is out now, too, and still with the husband mm. they, that they wow. reconciled while she was still in my prison. Goodness. Because he said, if I did something that would make my wife want to, to, you know, have me killed, I obviously was doing things I shouldn't have been wow. doing. And uh, she'd been like foster mother. They'd been like foster family of the year a couple of years before that. Like they really were on the right track, this family. So anyway, to make a long story short, um, he did his time, but he became a Christian while he was in prison. And again, works at Cherry Hills now. And uh, so I guess he's my guy with tattoos per se that in my life that um, I love so much, went to his wedding, love his wife, that I've seen how Christ has completely transformed a human being. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think those are maybe more obvious transformations than our friend who quits cursing or our friend who quits fibbing or our friend who uh, stops uh, dressing in a risque manner. Like those aren't, don't seem like giant transformations that you really see Christ at work when you see someone like Charles who used to be a drug addict and was in prison for all those years. And then mm -hmm. at his wedding, how 
many young men came up and talked about how after prison that through his Bible studies led them to Christ. Wow. Yeah, that's quite a transformation. Mm -hmm. Um, Our friends moved from, we had moved here first in 93 from California, and then our dear friends that we met road racing Mm -hmm. um, followed suit, and um, they were complete Californians in the sense that um, very eclectic. Um, (laughs) Our friend Cherie had... um, purple and pink hair when she moved here in the 90s. And Eric's like 6'1", bald, thug. I mean, the sweetest guy is like a brother to David and I. Um, But you wouldn't know that by looking at appearances. And um, Cherie was atheist. So when I met her, we had a lot of good discussions about, well, I don't believe that because of this. And okay, well, here's my viewpoint. But we never argued. Mm -hmm. You know, we listened listened and we shared ideas and um, always had a good time hanging out. And so they moved here uh, to Parker, Colorado, and she could not make a friend. And I actually set up Sally uh, Smith, who's the sweetest, a very conservative young lady. um, And uh, I set up Sally and I said, hey, my friend. Cherie has moved here and I want you to just meet up. You guys are going to meet. I just set up a meeting place because if I told her anything about Cherie, like you said, Michelle, the whole, you know, judgment or perception or whatever. And so they met up and Eric and Tree had a kid. Sally had Shane. They were both about three at the time. And I get this call from Sally. What? are you setting you know who are you setting me up with oh my goodness and she's got purple hair and she's tatted everywhere and oh my gosh you know and i said trust me she is the nicest sweetest kindest person um and they're both like christians and they just don't know it you know um they're just good good people but even sally was like who'd you send to my door i can't have shane hanging out with some lady like this with tattoos and tongue piercing and eyebrow piercing and they're just the kindest people so i think we've got to look beyond appearances and really get to know, you know, who's who's next to us or who, who's our neighbor. And I will say, you know, we say that. I say that, too. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. Um, and I um, can remember when my daughter was in college and uh, she was dating somebody that we hadn't met and she sent me pictures and it was totally different picture from what I had pictured her dating. Yes. And it was a it was a test to me. Okay, are you walking the talk that you've been doing all these years? Hmm, are you? It is in reality, it is hard. Yes. So therefore always Heavenly Father, open my eyes, help me to see. Open my eyes and open my heart, help me to listen and thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Thy will be done. Let me follow you. Yeah. But, but it is an effort. It is a conscientious effort on our part. And Not I think to make those judgments exactly, right up front. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Did, I, we, did you ever read the book, um, old, old book, The Millionaire Next Door? The million. He no. drove a, what was it, a 68 station wagon and, you know, never Roll had Timex a... watch. Exactly. <laughs> and not a fun suit or fancy suit. But he was a millionaire, you know, and uh, it's just... Our eyes perceive different things. Perceive. Well, that's something we try to teach our kids. That sure. It's difficult to teach when, I don't know if you're familiar with what's on these, the TikTok and the YouTube, and a lot of it's real flashy, and some mm-hmm. of the YouTubers with a lot of money, and going Ferrari shopping, mm. and brand names, and Supremes, and Yeezys, and you know all this stuff. And I'm shocked that uh, that seems to be like the road to importance or fame or 
being considered valuable, having the most followers and likes and things like that. And we don't buy flashy new cars, and we Mm -hmm. could. And we don't uh, have probably as big a house as we could. I mean, we have a beautiful home, but we could probably, you know, have the pool and, you know, all of that Mm -hmm. stuff too. Uh, But we're savers. And so our kids will ask sometimes, we're like, oh, so-and-so got a new um, Mercedes or whatever. And then, you know, I know that like their house had been on the auction block and had been in foreclosure Mm. and they're barely hanging on by like a thread. And so I'm trying to explain to the kids that, living beyond your means isn't really a safe or peaceful way to live Mm -hmm. and that having money and savings and not overextending yourself getting the golden handcuffs is a much more peaceful way to live Mm -hmm. uh, and responsible way Uh, riley had a friend who was um, you know in his you know older than he is that is a shoe collector and i knew it was causing him a lot of financial problems in his marriage and uh you know o- overall and he sent me pictures uh, that you know that the kid is, uh, the young man had sent to him and uh he say oh look at the shoes he got and this that and the other i finally just sit him down and say like dude do you understand the problems this causes in his life and his marriage and bankruptcy and things like that because you can't spend money on shoes that you don't have for the water bill it just it doesn't make sense this isn't the way to live overextending yourself but they're so um, taken by uh, this new YouTube world that's all about flash and money and influencers right influencers who are literally given free things to try to get you to want to buy them yeah and also what I don't like about that world is like the booty shots the girls that are showing their rears and then looking towards the camera Uh and they can get more likes and more whatever by showing their bodies I mean talk about how intoxicating that must be for a teenager yeah, I mean, we're up against so many things that our children are dealing with nowadays and this whole bling and having and, you know, the prettiest girl with the shortest shorts and all that stuff is important. But you're so right, Angie. So many people are living overextended and um, the wealthiest people are making sacrifices and investing or buying real estate and, you know, sacrificing um, incomes and stuff. Like I, I listened to a podcast um that's real estate related and investment related. And there was a story about a single mom who was a waitress making 20,000 a year. And this was in the downturn of the market. And she um, lived in Detroit and she came from a very poor household. And so her story is, I knew that I didn't want to stay in poverty. I couldn't be doing what my parents were doing. They were overextended. And um, so she basically got a game plan and she said, okay, I've got to make some sacrifices. So here's what I'm going to do. First of all, I'm paying $900 a month in rent. I've got to get rid of my rent. How can I do that? So she bought a house with her tax refund for $4,000 in the hood of Detroit, and she eliminated her rent payment. And then with her rent payment, she said, I started saving, I had an extra $200 and I started saving 700. And next year when my refund came, I bought another house. Anyways, here she is 10 years later and she owns 10 houses. And they're all, you know, she's got like a net worth of a half a million dollars and all of that because she did some sacrificing and she, her why was my kids. I want my kids to have a better life. I want to do something. And yes, it's going to take some sacrifice. And she's in her mid thirties now mm. and is doing really well. And, you know, I love hearing stories like that because oh, I'd some, love to talk to her. Yes. Actually, I'll, I'll see if yeah. we can connect. Yeah. But yes, that whole, you know, you've got to make sacrifice. You can't live overextended and uh, you've just, you've got to pay your dues to live the life you want to live. 
you know, down the road. And sacrifices that sacrifices, you delayed the gratification. Yes. You don't necessarily get that gratification right now. It might come later and that you don't have to. And, and you can get creative and really save money. I mean, you can get those brand names at thrift stores. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised with a little effort. <gasps> oh, I have to share real quick. Yeah. Our gal that just won, Miss Senior Colorado, yeah. she's just phenomenal. Her gown and her shoes came from ARC. Oh, I love oh, it. That is great. I wonder great. if they know her that. Da- her, oh, yes. They her know. daughter works at one of the ARC stores oh. in uh, Littleton. In Littleton. Oh, Littleton store. that's great. Oh, and Lloyd I, Lewis would love this. Well, what a it's great the truth. story. We'll it's, have to talk to her about oh, that. Oh, she'd love that. We'll have to she'd do a little phone uh, call uh, yep. interview with her. All right. Hey, if you want to find out more about anyone on the good news or any of the stories, you can go to AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. We'll be right back. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hello, my name is Donna. I worked for the ARC for six years, and I loved every second. And I love working for the ARC. My favorite thing working for the ARC is I love everything about it. I love my managers and my coworkers, and it's just a pleasant place, and it's a place where you feel safe and loved, and they treat you like a family. The best deal I found at the ARC is I found a brand new litter box for my cat. (laughs) Call 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE, or visit arcthrift.org. Please do your shopping at the ARC because you're shopping with the purpose. YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park is an ideal family vacation. Come visit and be inspired by our surroundings. At YMCA of the Rockies, you can fill your days and nights with our fun, family-friendly programs and activities. This summer, YMCA has tons of fun and excitement planned for your family, and soon you can bring the entire family when we introduce our new dog park and dog-friendly activities. Whether you are looking for a harrowing adventure or just a relaxing stroll near Rocky Mountain National Park, YMCA can set you on your way. YMCA of the Rockies is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your next family vacation with fun, exciting, and affordable adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin and Friends. Now, please enjoy this classic encore segment from The Good News. Welcome to The Good News. A lot of stuff going on in our show today. Yeah, busy. It's a show for kids the first half hour. It's okay for kids. The second half hour will not be for children because we are going to have a man from Joy International come in. He has not worn shoes for about three years. So when I found out about him, that, I said, why aren't you wearing shoes? And he talked about how he was basically at a garbage dump in another country with 
a lot of children who were not wearing shoes, and he rescues kids from the sex trade. And that in solidarity with all of these kids around the world who are suffering, he does not wear shoes now. So people say to him, why aren't you wearing shoes? And then he says, well, I'm the president of Joy International. We rescue children. You want to know about it? And so it is a very touching story about how he has devoted his life to saving children. It just totally it so moved me. I, I'm not going to be in here for that interview. Yeah, it's I'm so, gonna cry like a little girl. I, I talked with him uh, earlier on our earlier show, and it just it really touched my heart. I, have, I don't think I've cried that much on the air in uh, a while. Yeah, yeah and my me eyes too. are all red. I know. <laughs> so like, I can't do it again. So it'll happen again. But I think it's a message we need to hear because he said that it's happening here in our country. It's not just happening in other countries. And he explains how they get our kids, and it's a very interesting trick and in how they get our uh, kids. And he said, if you have children that are in uh, middle school, high school age girls, you need to hear the story of how they get a young, attractive boy to coax your girl into a relationship that then gets manipulated and how they strong arm her into getting into these illegal activities. And it's frightening because they threaten the little girls. All right. So that's the second half of the show. So that'll be the adult half. Then the first half of the show on Thursdays, we always have the channel mom in talking about some of the highlights of her show from the week. Hello, channel mom, Jenny Dean Schmidt. Hello, Angela. And then friend of the show, Mary McNeely. You have heard her uh, ads on our show. She's a radio host, a TV woman. She does pretty much everything. Um, Mary, tell me a little bit about what you're going to talk about today and introduce your uh, little Riley here. Sure. So it's Bring Your Child to Work Day. So a lot of families out there sent their kids off to go work today and see what it's like to go with mom and dad. And I don't have any children, so I grabbed the next best thing, which is, of course, 14-year-old Riley. Um, She's my co-host on MDB Radio. Also, she has a part on our TV show. She's 14 years old. She owns a business. She does all this Angie we're going to hear from her coming up owns her own business Mm -hmm. radio host it's on the tv show that's crazy talk. I'm feeling I'm feeling kind of weak right now. I know. <laughs> like, We're not, hey, yeah. you know what? We might not be as accomplished, but in a couple of years, we can work our way up to the accomplishments of 14-year-old Riley. I th- th- everybody has to have goals. Give us time. We, we Everyone has to have goals. Yeah. All right, Jenny Dean Schmidt, let's start with you. What do you have for us today? I know you uh, have recently been doing, uh, you, you're very interested in school safety, as are all mothers and fathers, mm-hmm. but you specialize in, uh, in moms on your show. I do. Um, And just as a reminder, because I'm with you every Thursday, the reason that we do the Channel Mom Show is because we feel like media doesn't serve moms. And if anything, the role of motherhood is underplayed and and family, frankly, is also diminished on on the airwaves. And so that's why we do it, to love, encourage, coach, inform moms. So I felt like this week, because it was the 14th anniversary of Columbine, the horrible massacre that occurred there 14 years ago now, it doesn't doesn't seem like that, does it? Um, I said, you know what, instead of regurgitating the horrors of that, day, let's go and talk to some experts about whether or not anything has changed and how can parents and moms who listen to our show be assured that things are getting better or there is a way to make sure that your school is, is more safe than it used to be. I want to briefly tell you something that your audience may not know, probably does not know. My husband was the assistant principal at Platte Canyon High School when that shooting occurred in 2006. The name Emily Keys may be familiar to people. Mike, my husband, used to tutor Emily in his office in math. Even though he was an assistant principal, he still did his old math job. Loved her very dearly. We live in a very small town of 9,000 people. So when Emily was shot and killed at the Platte Canyon High School shooting, we all knew her. And it was devastating to our town, and our whole town was changed and rocked by that, but in some good ways. And Emily's mom and dad, John Michael and Ellen Keyes, have made it their mission to make sure other schools are informed and equipped and so on. And they have their life's work. Now, he just joined us a few weeks ago, John Michael Keyes, did to speak about that exact topic. Right. And John Michael was on my show, but since I know that you had him on your show, I decided, hey, 
Angie doesn't need another soundbite from him. So I have somebody else quite special for you. Uh, Sheriff Fred Wagner became sort of well-known as a face when that uh, tragedy was unfolding. Sheriff has been the sheriff, and we all know he's a friend. And so I call him Fred, not Sheriff. But but he's been well-known in that in that context for a while now since he was part, he oversaw the aftermath of that shooting and did so very well. He now speaks nationally about how schools can change their environments, how to make things better. So we're first going to listen to him tell a story about after that day, he was invited to a forum and uh, a president, the president at the time happened to be George W. Bush, approached him and said, what do we do? Because it's such a shock and a horror that this is starting to unfold in so many schools in America now. However, I do want to put people's minds at ease. One in a million chance that your child will be involved in a school shooting. One in a million. So it's still, you don't need to send off your child and be terrified. And I also want to tell you, school shootings have been going on since like the 18th century or slightly earlier than that, just not the mass school shootings. Um, between 2000 and 2013, 65 school shootings in, in our country. So it's it may not be as prevalent as you think, but it is a danger, and I want to inform people about how to make it better. So Sheriff Fred tells us what he said to President George W. Bush. Well, I was, uh, went back for the school safety summit back in Washington, D.C., uh, a couple months after the uh, Black Canyon incident. And the uh, President uh, Bush asked if there was uh, any way to stop, uh, you know, the violence. And I said, all you have to do is change your culture. Um, you know, it seems like back when I was growing up, folks that grew up in, the, you know, the 60s and 70s, we just never thought. I mean, when we got in a fight, it was uh, you went out and, you you know, you busted your knuckles and then the fight was over. Yeah. Uh, nobody ever thought about actually using a gun and using a knife. These were uh, tools that we used for hunting and fishing. And uh, then it seems like our society changed and that all of a sudden we were going we to stab somebody, we are going to shoot somebody. And I just uh, was always uh, fascinated uh, by how that changed. You know, it's just sad that we we've, we've progressed to that. And I think a lot of that does have to do with, uh, I think, the movies becoming more violent, video games, uh, um, certain types of music. I think all of that influences and, then, in a sense, esthetized children uh, into, into believing that uh, killing was nothing. It was no big deal. Yeah, he's saying that children were anesthetized yeah. to violence. And people will argue with Angie this, but I want to tell you two things. One of the things they're discovering, my husband's now the principal at Platte Canyon High School, and he's worked very hard. He did before the fact, too. He worked very hard to make that school safe, but he did have some people who didn't want to do quite what he wanted to do because they thought it was like a, a prison-like environment. Um, and in fact, uh, people have approached him after the fact and said, I know you wanted to do more. I know you wanted to make it safer. He's now, I'm not saying that my husband's the champion of all champions, but he did work very hard and he continues to do so. He will tell you one of the most important things research has found is to make your school environment loving, encouraging, and make everybody feel like they're part of a team. So nobody gets ostracized. Nobody feels like they're left out. He does this music appreciation thing where it's, pardon this expression, but the stoners usually win. So it's that, that's their one thing that they get to, because they get to choose whatever song. You know, He chooses a, a song that's on the popular radio, and they call in and say, I know what it is, and they get a dollar from the principal. So he makes sure everybody gets rewarded in some way, um, and which is really the new environment that you have to have in your school so nobody gets ostracized and gets left out secondly people will argue against the violent video game thing 
But they have found research that child after child after child who has perpetrated these school shootings has been immersed in violent video games, as I believe was the case with Adam Lanza, who, who you know, was the one accused of Sandy Hook, that he was playing a Call of Duty, I believe, in, in a basement. Uh, my kids are young enough that they don't really play video games. That's not part of our family culture. But my nephew, who's 13, I was there over the summer, and he had a big sleepover with a bunch of boys. And my husband and some of my kids were in there, and I walked inside in the living room where they were playing. Because we were having a little party. We were out by the pool. I walk in, and I am disgusted by what his mom is allowing him to play, and all the boys are playing. And it is frightful. And I took my kids out of the room, and I looked at my husband, and I said, shame on you. You kids can't see this. And I'm like, Levi, this is horrible. I said to my nephew, and he's like, oh, Auntie Angie, it's no big deal. You know, all the kids play it. I was appalled. And Dr. D, who is a regular on our show, he told me he did not let his kids play video games. They were not into that My scene. kids are not allowed and to. he's got yeah. very successful children. One's going to be a doctor. One's going to be a lawyer. Another one's in, in the theater. And he's raised good kids. And he, yeah, no video games for you either, for your kids? No, my son, is. he will play them when he goes to other kids' houses. But he is not allowed to have any of that in our house. All uh, right. We, I know we need to do one more, more point. Yeah, here. you have one more, um, a, a little bit of an interview here. Tell us about this. It, it's Fred again. And he's just telling people the one tip, this is very short, that he would recommend to make a school environment more safe? The relationships. I think, if anything, it's the relationships now that you have with law enforcement, the schools, the ambulance, the fire department, uh, those, all those outside agencies, um, getting them all together and being on the same playbook um, when you're going to respond really helps out. Do you understand? So you need to meet these people in advance. They all need to be familiar with each other. The firefighters and the and the and the sheriff's force or the police force need to be familiar with the school building in their area, so they understand it. There needs to be a camaraderie. There needs to be a presence. Sheriff Fred totally believes in having a school resource officer in every school. We have them at Platte Canyon in all three of our schools in those districts. Right after Sandy Hook, we were staffed to the gills with. Cops volunteering to be stand outside our school. We had three police officers, I believe, the day after Sandy Hook. I was so relieved to see them standing because that's a deterrent to have an officer standing out in front of your school. Absolutely. So I know in Douglas County that they were having, allowing, I should say, the officers to do their paperwork in the parking lot of the school. So rather than go somewhere else or go back to the station, they could sit in the parking lot of the schools and do their paperwork just so there's a presence there that they would be there. And it sounds like, oh, well, they're doing paperwork. That doesn't help. Yeah, because they're there. And if you pull up and you've got, you know, um, some ulterior motive to, you know, do something evil at a school and you see a cop in the parking lot, you might have second thoughts and not. And I'm not going to name the school, but I know of a school where the shooter waited till the SRO, the school, the school resource officer left. And that's when he perpetrated the shooting. Um, so they'll watch to make sh- to sure that officer's gone. I want to s- briefly say you walking into that living room, seeing those kids playing that game. I understand that people think we're uptight. But don't let a a video game or a movie raise your child. You raise your child. Don't let that be their environment that raises them and influences them, tells them what's right and wrong. There's a section in the child's brain called the dog brain, they refer to it, that responds differently to those violent video games than an adult does when it does anesthetize them. It shuts down their typical compassion and reaction to violence. Well, and there's some kind of glee. There's some excitement. There's some joy when they kill someone in the game. So they're killing people and, yeah, we got him and we killed another guy. And and I'm like, and it's graphic. Mm -hmm. It is graphic. 
It's it not is. like a cartoon. It's not like, boy, it was so violent when we used to watch the cartoons when we were a kid when Roadrunner would drop something on someone yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. On the uh, So it, 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 I was shocked at how real it was it, and the it, excitement that they had over the killing. They have proven that chemically it has the same response in a child's brain as a drug. I, I believe a narcotic. Yeah. Oh, I it, believe that. So it, I, I, I see how people get addicted to Facebook and Twitter and getting yeah. an email and how exciting it is, like, you know, when they're gambling and they get three cherries. And when you get an email, it's like, oh, what is it? What is it? Who wrote to me? <laughs> oh, someone to send a tweet yeah. to me or whatever. Yeah. It's exciting. So I, I can see that there would be something released. Um, Jenny Dean Schmidt, how do people find you? Well, that's one reason we do ChannelMom.com. We have a radio show on Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1510, FM 93.7, on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. But we translate that in on video onto ChannelMom.com so mom can come watch these segments one by one. Because we want to have something positive on the internet, something positive that's on video instead of all these other things. And moms come watch all our old interviews. They're interested in a lot of the folks we've had. And they can go watch this interview to find out how to make their school safe. Absolutely. Channelmom.com. Thank you, Jenny Dean Schmidt, Channel Mom. It's always a pleasure to be with you, Angela. And Bill, as usual, talking yeah. too much. I know. It's, Bill, uh, please. You're the only person, Jenny, that talks faster than I do. <laughs> yes. I know. Oh, she giving you a run for your money. No. She's like, remember you can speed up the phonograph? Remember yeah. the old hi-fi or whatever yep. what my dad had? Yeah. yeah, and the wood. he had like a wooden coffee table. Yep. Yeah, and you could he speed it up. Yeah, with the top yeah, off that, of, yeah, she's like the hi-fi on 78. Wasn't it yeah. 78? Yeah, you have to yeah. speed up. Yeah, Stop I used to, it. I, I used to have to read all the you know the legal disclaimers at the end of ads. Oh, they yeah. made me yeah, read those because I couldn't talk so fast. Because you could speak so fast. I remember that. Oh, my goodness. That's ridiculous. Thank you, Angie. You're welcome. You're listening to The Good News, and coming up, the second half hour of the show is not for kids. Uh, Joy International, a, a man will touch you with the story of how he rescues children, children as young as four. And he'll talk about um, Joy International, his work, and why he has a heart for children. It's just brought me to tears because I spoke with him earlier as well. Okay, and also, our friend Mary McNeely is here in our child-friendly first half of the show. And uh, Mary brought with her, as you heard, Riley. She's 14. She's her co-host on a radio show. She's on her TV show. And she also is a 14-year-old businesswoman with her own business. So we'll talk with them when we come back on the good news. Hey, Angie Austin here with the good news. And the good news is I have one of the ARC ambassadors here with me, Christopher Petty. Hi, my name is uh, Chris. I have worked at the ARC for four or five years. Shopping with the purpose means giving back and it really helps people like me. I like working at ARC because it's the people and it's the employees and you can you don't have to try to impress anyone. Just be yourself and just come in and just do your best and just be yourself. And I love him. I do too. <laughs> Keep going. And uh, I just, I do my best. You know, I go in there and I give it my best and I have a good time. And you're proud of the work you do? I'm proud of the work I do. Give it back. The heart of ARC is so wonderful. It's important to shop at ARC because, you know, it is shopping with a purpose. I say that a lot. And when you donate things, it goes back to help our community and people just like Chris, who has a wonderful job with ARC as an ambassador. 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE, or arcthrift.org, arcthrift.org. Hey, I'm Chris. I love working at ARC. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin and Friends. Now, please enjoy this classic encore segment from The Good News. Welcome back to The Good News on Fun Friends Friday. Steve Mudflap McGrew is here along with producer Paul Jorge and producer Bill. It's the man show. <laughs> and you know, when you came in, <laughs> man show. When you came in, Mudflap, uh-huh. you said you were devoid of hope. You had no joy left in you, not a sliver of love in your heart. Uh. So 
you'll stop whining after you hear the story. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you might not stop whining, but you'll be <laughs> not you'll, you'll be inspired. So, okay. this is our win anyway warrior, my friend Rich Hopkins. He is an author and he is a speaker, and he is finding amazing people in our community who will inspire you. So let's take a listen. This week's win anyway warrior is Usman Doye a local cab driver who just happens to be living a story that reads like a Hollywood script with an ending that just keeps getting better and better each year. Growing up in Senegal, Africa, Usman found himself an outcast in his own family after his father remarried, a reverse of the classic Cinderella story. My dad and his new wife maybe wanted my dad to love more the kids they have together, and they never thought of me growing up having a meaningful life. After being bullied, put down, and beaten by his new siblings in the 100-person compound he was raised in from the age of 5 to the age of 20. I was beaten, I was cursed, I was called by name, I was child. They just made me believe, putting in my subconscious, that I was not worth anything, that I was just a loser, I was born to fail. He only survived by clinging to the advice of his great-grandmother, who told him, no matter what other people tell you, it's not true. It will only be true if you believe it. Now he looks back at these times unbelievably as a sort of blessing, where he adopted his no-excuses attitude and realized that the problem wasn't within himself, but in those outside of him. He learned about America by listening to rock and roll and became determined to come to our country. He set out at the age of 21 on a 10-year journey through Africa and Europe, at one point walking two days through the desert before eventually landing in New York with little money and nowhere to stay. He ended up stepping into a cab that was actually driven by another man from Senegal. I'm just standing outside the airport, and there is this taxi driver who was there. He said, uh, are you African? He says, yeah, I'm from Senegal. And I say, you know, I just get to the U.S. I know some people, but I don't have any address. The number I had, I called it, nobody picked up. I don't know where am I going. He said, wow, man. He took me with him, and we went to the house where he lived. Now, his dream started in Hollywood, because he always believed that was where the American dream came true. But his friend advised him that it may not be everything he thought that it was. And he connected him with another Senegal friend in Denver, which, as it turned out, Usman had actually played soccer with in his early days back in his home country. So he agreed to stop in Denver before moving on to Hollywood, and he's been here ever since. He got a job as a cab driver, despite not knowing his way around town, and applied his no-excuses attitude each day by dressing up, keeping an immaculate cab. My first customer in Aurora, Colorado, I am late, very late, because I didn't know where I was going. When I get to my customer, oh, I don't need your taxi. And he was just pouring it in me, reacting, reacting. And I, I, I let him finish, and I said, sir, I apologize. It's my fault. I am a rookie cab driver. This is my first day. I'm just here to give you a taxi ride, and I'm just here to be part of America. If you want, I can give you a free ride. What? I open up the door. My car is very nice. I'm dressed very nice, very polite. It was $4 fare round trip. 
Then when we came back, I came out from my taxi, I opened the door for him, I thanked him, and he pulled out a bill of $20, and he gave it to me, and uh, I was about to give him chance, and he says, no, it's all yours, man. I've never seen a cab driver like you. I said, what do you mean? See, you are so well dressed. Your taxi is so clean. You're a good man. Look, I'm yelling at you. And you just say you want to offer me a free ride. I'm shocked. I said, sir, I'm in your service. He said, let me give you an advice, young man. If you keep just doing what you did with me right now, you will be successful in America. In 2009, Usman's hard work was recognized with the Best Customer Service in the Transportation Industry National Award. Today, he's still driving his cab, as well as running his own transportation training company. He's also written two books and speaks both to children and corporate audiences about pursuing a better life and lifting others for a better world. You can contact him at mmimindset.com and watch my interview with him at winanywaywarriors.com. The hour I spent with Usman was amazing and a bit sobering when I think about all the mundane things we find to complain about in today's world. He has done more than survive his upbringing, more than even pursued and captured the American dream. He has committed himself to bettering those around him, including you and I, to teach us how to live a life with no excuses. Truly, a win-anyway warrior. Do you know someone who should be spotlighted as a win-anyway warrior? Head to the winanywaywarriors.com website and drop us an email to let us know who and why someone you know should be spotlighted on our next segment. If you'd like me to come out and share my win-anyway message with you or your organization, you can contact me at richhopkins.com. Thank you, and we'll talk to you next week. You know, uh, my flat. You're no Usman, but doesn't it like make you feel like better, like you know about your life and like inspire you? And I know, like things could just just like automatically just happen for good, just like out of nowhere, boom. I like that. Well, I think that God is, you know, can all things are possible through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. That is, Amen. Yeah, that's my favorite verse, and I have to go through all the time because I know I'm not talented. Oh, stop now. And so, Philippians 4.13, all things are possible through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you so much, Mudflap, for coming in. Hey, how do people find you, Mudflap? They can find me on Facebook, like they all, you know, people do on Facebook or on Twitter. I'm everywhere. You do tweet a lot. Yes. Thanks for coming in. It's always so fun. High five me. Yeah, high five. All right, listen to the good news on Fun Friends Friday. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.